Time to stop the chaos. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time to stop the chaos now. On Fundraising Heyday, we talk a lot about how grant seeking gets more complex every year. Make 2023 the year you finally get a system to track grant deadlines and information. It's time to stop the chaos with Grant Holster. It was developed for grant professionals by grant professionals, which makes all the difference. First month is always free. And Grant Holster is giving our listeners a 25% discount on the entire first year of your subscription. Just enter Heyday, all one word, H-A-Y-D-A-Y, as your coupon at checkout, and you'll get that amazing discount. And they have a hands-on demo at grantholster.com that lets you explore the platform on your own. But if you want someone to walk you through it, they also have folks that can do that. So if you've been struggling with spreadsheets, clunky applications with a million workarounds, or just keeping your deadlines on sticky notes, head over to grantholster.com and take a look. And remember to enter the coupon code HEYDAY at checkout to get your 25% discount for a full year. And stop the chaos. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We're here in so many ways, but we're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grant writing and fundraising, including how to raise funds, win grants, and work together to change philanthropy for the better. That's true, and we are dropping episodes every two weeks with, uh, of course, the occasional song and cheesy sound effects and all that good stuff, because learning doesn't have to be boring. Indeed. This podcast is brought to you by our Season 6 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Their team can help make grants less stressful by assisting you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Don't let grants stress you out. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. Welcome back, dear listeners. If you are watching on YouTube, are you digging my super sultry screen? <laughs> so the great news about using um, the podcasting platform that we use, which is called Zencaster, they are not sponsors. They're just a really good product, um, is the sound quality. The not yes. so great is that there's limited um backgrounds you can do and i work primarily with the green screen in my home so today just pretend like you're it's like the wizard of oz but do pay attention to the woman in front of the green screen (laughs) behind the curtain we're talking about in front of the curtain um so i hope that so far you're whether you're watching or listening or both although if you're watching while you're driving you should not be doing that please don't do that um but i hope that so far um you're enjoying season six. I know I am. I'm pretty sure that the other half of the dynamic duo. Amazing oh, yes. Yeah. Um, we're always including our how to's. We're always including our thoughts and feelings about the grant making and fundraising process. And so we're going to continue on with that mix. And um, we've even got some more special things to celebrate later on in this year in 2023. 
true story. Um, I just want to do a quick reminder because it's just around the corner. Friday, March 10th is International Grant Professionals Day. And it is not too late if you want to sign up for the free Learn Grants IGPD Online Summit. It's March 10th from noon 20, to 2023. So if you're listening to this mm -hmm. later, that's no. true. 2023. Um, it's from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern time. And this is sponsored by D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. You may have heard of them. They're, they they mm. sponsor this fabulous podcast. Founded Technologies and the Grant Professionals Association. So it's a great two-hour event that um, if you're looking for a free way to connect with your fellow grant professionals, it's the perfect way to do that. And as Amanda said, Diane Leonard, um, are um, happy to call, happy and proud to call her a colleague and a long-term supporter of the podcast. Yes. She's emceeing, always curates a great group of speakers. Um, yes. If you're listening to this, when it drops in early, um, um, the first quarter of 2023, there will still be time to sign up for the, for the event in March. But you know what? If that ship has sailed and you're like, what am I going to do? Don't fret. We're here for you because um, we want to talk today about good things that elected officials can do. I know. I know. But just... Just bear with us because whether you work for a nonprofit, a hospital, local government, a, a public school, university, um, your elected officials actually have the ability to help in the big old world of grants. I also realize having the ability and actually doing it are two different things, but you know what? Knowledge is power. So we're just going to think about some positive things that could come from this process of working with elected officials, aren't we, Amanda? I like it. I like it. And because, you know, we like lists and we like numbers, we're going to talk about the five things that your elected officials can do for you. And we're talking federal, state, and even local level. So we'll kind of, some examples will include all three, some maybe just ones or another, but um, we're going to go through all those. So number one on our list is that they can help educate you about grant funding opportunities that match the mission and the needs of your organization. Okay. And this, I'm particularly talking about federal grants. So we're talking about your federal elected officials. So your congressmen, your U.S. representatives. Okay. So, what's that? Senators. Yes. Congressmen, senators. I use those interchangeably, but yes. So, um, but the way this works is you would want to reach out to their staff and I highly recommend don't call their Washington DC office, call their local office. So, um, wherever they are, whatever jurisdiction they're representing, whether it's the whole state where you are, or if it's a region of your state, um, they're going to have a local office within those boundaries. So, and you can look it up online, look up who your Senator is. If you're not even sure who they are, you can look that up, you can throw in an address and it's going to spit out all your contact information online. Um, but call up and just say, Hey, you know, when I worked for local government, I'd always just say, Hey, I'm Amanda. I'm in charge of grants for my city. Um, would love to talk to your staff person who is in charge of grants. And they're going to be like, Oh, well, okay. That's Jim or Susie or whoever it was. Um, and you just get a chance to talk to them. And what I usually try to do, cause you know, relationships do matter. I usually try to call the first time and not be like, give me all the grants. Usually it's just, <laughs> Hey, this is me. 
this is the kind of stuff that we're working on. You know, if, if we have a groundbreaking or ribbon cutting or any kind of event, I might invite them to that so that you get a chance to meet them. They love to come to stuff like that. Right. So you get a chance to meet them. They meet you. You can talk about things. And then at some point in the future, I'm going to call again and be like, Hey, remember me? Um, We're trying to get this road project funded, or we're trying to get this funded. I cannot seem to find a grant that's going to fit. And they will actually spend some time and do research in the federal grant world and can come back to you and say, hey, I found these three opportunities. Or they may come back and say, yeah, I can't find anything. Um, Although that's usually more often than not, there's been a few times I've had something that's like, obviously roads, there's lots of grants for that. But sometimes I've come to them with things that are a little harder to find. And I, they have come back and said, actually, I did find a grant program, but it hasn't been funded in the past five years. So there's a program that exists, but there's mm-hmm. currently no funding associated with it. Um, but at least that's something I could be like, well, I'll keep an eye out on that in case it ever does get funded again. Right. Um, but that's, that's part of their job because they want to, they want to bring money to the community because that makes their boss look good, right? That that person wants to be reelected usually. Um, and so them helping you get funding like that is a good way for them to do their job well. So, and you don't have to be a local government to make that phone call either, right? You could work for a nonprofit. You could work for the local school system. You could work for a university. If there is federal funding out there for the type of organization you are and the need that you have, they will do some time and research and help you figure out if there is some way they can get funding for you. So it's, it's not a bad idea to get someone else doing research for you. You just made me giggle with the, Hey, give me all the grants. Cause actually I think I pay money to just, Hey, this is Amanda day. Can y'all just give me all the grants? Thanks. Please. Bye. I appreciate you. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Man, if that would work. <laughs> so Amanda and I, as you, if you've been a long-term listener, thank you. If you're yes. new, welcome. But Amanda and I kind of will divvy up things that we're going to talk about. So it may not surprise you to know that Amanda, extrovert extraordinaire, and me, introvert, introvert extraordinaire, sure. Um, Why not? Divide things up like this. We're um, so I'm going to talk about support letters for a little while. <laughs> So she's talking about meet and greet, and I'm like, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm sending you something, and I'm writing. <laughs> well, and I, again, I said call. You could certainly always email, um, but again, do what works best for you. But I mean, is I, I think relationships really do help, and they're going to. They only have so many hours in the day and there's a lot of people looking for help from them. And so I always want to make sure that they know who I am. They know I'm excited about working with them and anything. Cause I want them to be like, oh, I've only got time for one person today. Let's help Amanda. Cause she's so nice. Right. So that's, hey. that's, but that's what works for me. You need to figure out what works for you and do it. And what worked for me in those kind of getting to know you calls early on mm-hmm. in my career was making like a bullet list bullet point list of things that I wanted to talk about or oh, make sure you say how many people you're serving, make sure that they know where you're located just because I wanted to feel more prepared. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not like winging it when I make those intro calls. I just have a, a list to help me along. And if it's a video call, you can just have the list right there and refer. Oh, yeah. to it well, and I will, 
I will tell you too, most staffers that work for um, our elected officials, they're usually young, like right out of college. So, you know, sometimes it could be like, oh my gosh, they work for a congressman. They're really important. Well, yeah, they've got an important job, but they're probably 22 and nothing against being 22, but don't, you don't need to be intimidated. Like, oh my gosh, they've got all these years of experience. They know so much about grants. You probably know more about grants than they do actually, but they have the resources and the tools and the connections to dig a little deeper. And so that's what you're trying to um, key into. True. That's a good point. So separate from the meet and greet, getting to know you is once you've established a working relationship or an acquaintanceship or some sort of knowledge base, it's time probably if you're writing state and federal grants and perhaps grants to larger private foundations, depending on where you're applying, where you are. Um, you're going to need support letters. And so if let's just say that it's a big grant that's due at 5 p.m., the time to realize that you need support letters from either your local or national <laughs> or your local legislators or your it's, Congress people is not at 3.30 or even 3.40. I, know. So <laughs> I would say just pro tip from me to you, and if you already know it, then I know you'll agree with me when I say, Go through your grant first, look at all the attachments, make a list, check it twice, find out who's naughty and nice, and send out those letters right away. Yes. Um, and it is, it has been my experience that it is perfectly acceptable to draft the letter that you would like for them to review and sign yes. and send it to them. I have never had someone say, Kimberly Hayes de Muga, the audacity that you composed this letter for me to look at and sign. I wanted to write it all from scratch while trying to remember what the heck y'all did and, and all the outcomes and how we intersect. I have to tell you, I had one state Senator, I wrote, drafted a letter and he ended up, he was having this, of course, this was like 2002. So tech isn't what it was today. So he ended up coming to my office to sign it. Cause he was having some issues with his stuff, but he, he was like, um, I have never said such glowing things about any community before. And he, and I was like, well, if you want me to change it, I can, he was like, no, nope, it's fine. But he was like, this isn't one I would have written, but it works for me. And I'm like, note that he sweet. didn't, he didn't take it away, tear it up and rewrite. No. It he was like, this is not, I usually don't say such great things, but. Okay. I also want to say, Hey, Senator from many moons ago. What's up with your attitude? I don't usually say nice things. You might want to rethink a career in public service, my man. You know, again, I, I'll put that out there. Yeah, I'll he signed the letter. He signed the letter. I put it with the grant. We got the grant. That's all I was worried about. So, so I just wanted to run down. I do have a list here that I'll be referring to while we do this. Just a checklist idea about when support letters go and to whom. So if you are writing federal grants, that might be the time to make sure that's not the time to start the relationship, but that's the time to go, oh, we need we need um, eight letters of support. Well, let's go to our U.S. senators and representatives. Again, local office first, start yeah. the process. Um, generally, just for federal grants, I'm thinking back, I... They don't like, if it's not federal, they usually I won't. I've never, it. yeah, I've, it's only been for federal. Um, I, also for larger projects, like large um, ro- transportation projects, building projects in your state, um, something that has a big regional impact on um, your governor's office. And by golly, start that early. Yeah. You know, 
again, it really behooves you to go in and see, look at those attachments first, make sure the deadline isn't going to prematurely age you by about five decades. Ask yeah. me I know. And then go in and look at those attachments and start sending those out. Like that's one of the first things you send out while you're gathering all your research information. Absolutely. Um, we also talked about state senators and representatives in your um, legislature, um, in your state can do federal, state, and other um, lo more local proposals. Yep. Absolutely. And um, the mayor or your, um, um, your, what am I saying here? Your commissioner, your chair, and yep. your county commission or city council, um, school board superintendents, like say you are doing some sort of cross collaboration with local schools and maybe you are um, a hospital or a library or in some other way you're doing this cross thing, then, then making sure that you have superintendent buy-in um, and a, a letter of support is good. Um, we talked about getting to know the staff ahead of time. Again, start local even for your um, congressional, federal um, elected officials. Um, I would say for a long time, I was like, oh, letters of support. Oh, oh when, woe is me. But then I was like, you know what? It could be a, a, an unexpected way to keep telling your story because yet another pro tip about support letters and what elected officials can do for you. Please, if you want to have a, like, a well-received proposal and attachments, don't be drafting the same letter of support and just changing the address line and the salutation and think that I'm not going to be secretly judging you because I am secretly judging you. Because remember, <laughs> there'll be a, a small cadre of reviewers that will see that and it's probably going to be the end of their day or they're doing it on the weekend and the kids are making noise in the other room or they've got a million things to do or they got to take their 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 mom to a doctor's appointment or whatever and they're doing they're sitting there doing this online or and um they're gonna notice if all the letters are the same yeah and i'll give you a, a most painful example but a most it had a great great ending um working with a a, a city agency that was going for a, a huge state grant oh huge for me 25 million dollars for me that's a that's a, that's a chunk of money yeah that's a chunk of money that's a chunky grant because most of my experiences in um, uh, private funding, where the usually the the grant awards are not in the multi-million dollars. Yeah. So anyway, we ended up for this grant um, doing, which um, I did forty different letters of support. I'm not saying that because I'm proud of myself. I'm saying that because it was the truth, and um, they kept asking for them, and I kept doing them, and so I had to revise regroup cut and paste. Wow. that's a lot of different ways to say the same thing but I, I again I, a pro tip here is i went in um th this involved um county and city because there were two separate governments even so government mm -hmm. officials there elected officials the state legislators um schools different school districts. And so where people had websites, I would go on each of their websites and just look at the how they presented themselves. You know, they could be people where you could tell that maybe they were not in favor of government um, as a elected official, which is a choice. And um, then, then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk about this aspect in their letter because that's not what they would support. I'll talk about this other part of the program. 
that helps people find jobs or whatever it was. And so yeah. it took a lot of work, but they got the grant. And they, this particular grant, it was very clear they put a lot of weight on those different a wide variety of letters of support. So I would say don't ignore them. Don't, I mean, that was a lot of work, but that was also a lot of money that's going to help a lot of people for many years. But also when you're doing letters of support, you can just even set your timer. You can go on somebody's website and in less than five minutes, you can either find something or you don't. And and just know, then you're sort of, you know, if they're like, if they ran on a platform of community service or community interaction, well, that you want to use some of their language when you're yeah. doing your support letters. Um, as Amanda said, sometimes they're just going to sign it anyway, like the the elected official who said he never says anything that nice about a community. Again, this is a new story for me today. I'm like, hmm, hmm. approach, sir. I can see why you were drawn to public service, but um, but I'm just saying, um, it can be something, and the more you do the of them, the faster you can do them. Yeah. Not a one page. Have a nice day. I don't care how big your and chunky your letterhead is. Yeah. I will fit that bad boy on one page. So you're talking two or three paragraphs. And if you're having multiple letters, you can move things around, of course, start yep. in a different way, put the mm-hmm. stats, use a different stats. It's not the end of the world, but I would just encourage you to not do a one size fits all support letter for absolutely letters because yeah. you're not going to put your best foot forward with your grant application. But I'm yeah. sure Amanda has stories about letters too. Oh, I've got lots too that come to the top of my mind is, um, first of all, I had, um, it was a grant writer, uh, Kimberly and I both know that she worked for a large school district here in the um, Atlanta area. And she was working on some like race to the top, some ginormous grant proposal. Oh, yeah. And she, the first year she worked on one, she and I hadn't met yet. So I think she had emailed the mayor and never heard back from him because it would have really helped their application to show support from the community, especially from the mayor. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the mayor like ignored her, but you know, when you're a, most cities, your mayor is a part-time position, right? They're not there Monday through Friday, eight to five. They may only be there a few hours a week, just depending on the nature of that. Not when they're smaller cities. Okay. Fair. Cause I was yeah. like, Atlanta, no. yeah, full time. <laughs> Atlanta full-time, right? But uh, most, uh, I would probably say 90% of cities in America, elected officials, is it is a, and I don't mean part-time like half-time, I mean it is a part-time, part-time job. Um, and so I'm sure it just got overlooked. So that next year, she was like, hey, I tried this before, it didn't work. And I was like, yeah, this is the lesson of don't go to the elected official, go to their staff. So I'm like, tell me what you need. I was able to help get the story drafted, and I could just walk it right into his office and be like, hey... They're working on this grant. This is important. This is a great thing for our community. We just sign. And usually, you know, they're going to be like, sure, absolutely. No problem. And I was able to get it right back to her. So just a good story about even though elected officials, it's their name you want on it. Trying to go directly to them is probably not the best way to make it happen because they're usually busy people. Not that we're all not busy, but that's just, that's going to fall through the cracks in my experience. So uh, my other funny one, I was working with a local hospital a grant proposal that they it was one of those like sometimes support letters are just nice to have sometimes it's a requirement of the grant and you get points and having the right people helps with everything but i'm literally on the phone with or actually i'm on a zoom call with the ceo of the hospital and we're going over who always sent support letters to who we'd gotten some back from 
and we there was one state representative that she felt was very important to have her and she hadn't responded and i was like look we've emailed we've called and she was like well this is ridiculous she as i'm on zoom with her she picks up her phone because she knows the senator personally she calls her directly and was like you haven't done this yet I need you to do it today. Now she could get away with that because she's the CEO of a hospital. They have that kind of relationship. So there, I guess you occasionally can call the person directly and make it happen if you're the right person. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah. as a grant writer, you may not be that right person. Yeah, I, I no. had never, it, it was an area I don't even live in. So I don't, I don't know that person from Adam. So me, me emailing really wasn't getting the job done. So you just figure out who, again, who has those relationships and you make them work for you. So fun times, ah, support letters. So, okay. Let's talk number three on our list. Um, in case you haven't heard federal earmarks are back. Dun, dun. Long, long time ago, it used to be called pork. And then they said that was a dirty word. And they changed it to earmark. People kind of think that's a dirty word now. So now they're called appropriations, but it's basically the same thing like earmarks back in the day. Right. Um, in my experience so far, they're starting rather than it being kind of the super secret thing, they really are doing. Cause I mean, that's for a while. That's why they went away. People were like, it's not open. It's not transparent. People are using it. You remember where I talked about that bridge to uh, the bridge to nowhere um, yeah. project. So now they're doing a call for applications. And so your U S senators and representatives, if they are trying to get anything pushed through, through the appropriations process, they are having usually on their own websites an application process. Um, and so you can go and you can um, apply. Sometimes it's just an application. Sometimes community support is a big deal. Like I've seen a few where they were like, in addition to applying, you they wanted you to get your whoever you're serving to send in letters as well. And so that's again, Which letters. actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so, and in my experience, it usually, it takes place in the spring. So I'd say like March, April, start being on the lookout for that to potentially happening. Cause they're trying to prepare for their federal budget, which starts on October 1st. So they need to know things before then. Um, and I will tell you, usually on these things, a lot, almost anybody can apply, right? Uh, whether you're a local government, a school system, a nonprofit, a university, um, as long as you're some sort of formal organization, it's usually not for individuals. Anybody can apply, but I will tell you, they get tons of applications and they're probably only going to be able to push a handful, if even that many through. Right. Um, and so it, this is, goes back to, it's a good idea to have a relationship. Um, if you can't with that Senator, at least with their staff, so they can be like, Hey, <laughs> We know the people at this organization, they're doing some really great stuff. It would really be great if we could help them out. So um, if you're wanting to try to get federal money through the appropriations process, that's how you can work with your uh, elected officials Ooh. to hopefully make that happen. There you go. I'm loving Fun it. Fun times. Um, another it's basically way a grant application. Can... <laughs> <laughs> another way that you can work, um, Not maybe not directly on that grant, but as a big part of a large grant is mm -hmm. to consider, especially if you're working with a small uh, nonprofit, you're probably not going to have the scope to handle um, not only the administration of a large federal or state grant, but also the scope in terms of reaching the numbers of people or the numbers of 
counties or whatever it is that they want to serve, but you could be yeah. a part of that. Um, and that can be like tying in again, building that relationship that Amanda talked about earlier, you know, emailing first, calling first, whatever works for you, building that relationship can put you into sort of that networking to become more directly involved with larger scale proposals that local governments like cities or counties may be putting together mm -hmm. where your nonprofit could come in as a sub recipient. So, um, or even a partner on the actual application could be, too. Could be. And knowing the support team in your local elected official office, can help you into that network and see if, if those might be good fits. Um, also remembering if people are putting together large scale proposals and they're looking for partners in, in my perfect world, they would have already identified the people and begun to work with them. Um, but that doesn't always happen. So making yeah. yourself available through this kind of relationship building is another way to, to get in there and, um, or suggest it if there is a larger scale, program and maybe you serve one part of a large county or one part of or one county in a six county region maybe approaching those local governments and seeing how can i tie in to that mm -hmm. how can we build how can we build a collaboration across multiple um independent school districts for example or something like that i'm not suggesting yeah. off the top of my head like it's easy peasy like it's ordering um takeout online or something i'm just saying that those are ways that you can begin to interact with elected officials and um your local government officials and grant writers just like you to kind of get into this and um get funding for important things that your nonprofit wants to do to serve their community Yep. Very true. So, and I would also say, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't throw out some job titles. So, um, your counterpart in these different organizations may be grants guru, but that's probably not their job title. It might be <laughs> grants manager. It might be, um, program that might be program director for smaller governments. You know, who knows? It could be the city manager. They could have a CEO title. Mm -hmm. um, just know to sort of look around. It may take more than once to get the ball rolling, but all the more reason to build in relationship development as just a yeah. part of your overall job. True story. So, um, and then the last thing on our list, number five, is that um, elected officials, depending on their position, they may be able to like push through a grant application that otherwise may not have gotten funded. Um, and like, I've got a perfect example of this, um, our, the state had put out a call for proposals, um, for, it was a, it was a transportation related project and it's been so long ago. I don't even remember the grant, but it was transportation related. Um, and my boss came to me and was like, Hey, we need to apply for this grant. We're doing this project. So I read the RFP. I look at our project and while we were eligible to apply, it was not like, it was one of those things that I'm like, yeah, we can apply, but we're not going to be very competitive with the project we have and this and that and the other thing. Um, and so my advice was we don't apply for this. Um, but they came back and was like, well, the mayor had a meeting with Senator so-and-so, <coughs> who is the chair of the state's transportation committee, and he wants this project to happen. Guess what? We got funded. And because he, that was something that was important to him and he pushed it through one way or the other. So that, that network, things work. And I'm not saying every time it's going to work out like that, 
<coughs> excuse me, but it can happen sometimes. So if you've got someone in the right place at the right time, that's like, yeah, this is the project I want to see y'all do. You may be able to get funding. So. And we're not saying that that's always the way things work or that it's always a fair, a fair or, 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 or just way to get things done. We're saying that that's the way things have the the world works. in the past and um, just be aware of that. Yeah. But I mean, we, again, but that all came about because our mayor had a great relationship with the Senator and had kept him apprised mm -hmm. of a lot of the stuff we were working on. So he already knew that. Right. So it makes a difference. So I'm hoping that you got some good ideas to think about for future projects, how working with some elected officials can be a good thing, but also <laughs> focusing on their paid staff who are there. I mean, they are there to serve their public. Yep. And let's just keep that in mind. As, and also keep in mind that you could, you it may take multiple tries and um, your mileage may vary depending yep. on how um, open your elected officials are to working with you. But I, ignoring it, um, for many, for whatever reason, ignoring that potential avenue into researching grants or getting support for your programs, I would say you're not doing yourself a favor, but more importantly, you're not doing the community that you serve a favor by just saying, "Ooh, it's messy, and I don't want anything to deal to do with it." Yeah. Um, unless, you, unless depending on the population you serve, there may be really good reasons why you mm -hmm. don't want to secure government funding. And I respect that, but if government funding could be a good fit for you, whether it's local, um, state or federal, then here's just some ways to sort of ease into that process. And if you've done this for a long time, maybe you learned something uh, different and it uh, could be helpful for you in the future. Yep. Very true. Well, and I think too, a lot of, like, if you work in local government, you think that way just because you're, you're immersed in the world of elected officials. But I really think that there are a lot of other types of organizations that just don't even, that's not their world, so they don't even consider it. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to this about this topic today mm -hmm. is if you work for a nonprofit or a school or a hospital or whatever, don't discount what that can potentially do for you and your grant funding. So um, I will tell you, um, when I worked in local government for a mm -hmm. long time... I never wrote grants for other organizations as part of my job, but there will be plenty of times when I would have a city council member that would be like, Hey, this nonprofit is really near and dear to my heart, or this local civic organization is something I'm really involved in. Would you come and maybe do a quick training for them? Or would you be willing to just answer some of their questions? And so I don't know how many historical society and women's club and you know, Kiwanis and things that I, meetings I would go to specifically because one of my elected officials was involved and, you know, whether they've got lots of grants after that, I don't know, but they were able to, for an hour, they got me to answer some, you know, some questions. So that's another thing too. You never know if you've got, if you are located within an organization, within a, uh, a local government that has a grant person on staff, you may have that ability. So it, it never hurts to have those relationships with all of your elected folks. So, and uh, really sometimes who, you know, can help more so than even what, you know, cause that's how things work sometimes. So it doesn't hurt to build those relationships. Wise words from Amanda day, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. <laughs> Listen, 
thanks for joining us today, whether you're listening to us, whether you're watching us and marveling at the sophistication of my green sheet that's hanging behind me. It doesn't even matter. We're just excited that you're here. We would also be excited um, to hear from you about other things you might like to learn about. And uh, we're just glad you're along for the ride in this fifth anniversary of the crazy little podcast. It could. So we will be talking to you or perhaps looking at you soon. Bye now. Thank you again to our season six sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, dhleonardconsulting.com, to download their latest resources today. We're so honored you chose to spend time with us today. Be sure to join us for our next episode. In two weeks, we're going to be talking about the census data. Because what Grant Pro doesn't log on to their website at least every, what, year, month, week, day, depending on what you're doing, right? So it's a good thing to talk about. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you all. Thank you.